Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So the last time the Kansas City Chiefs played the Steelers, which really wasn't that long ago, um, I'll be honest with you, come the fourth quarter, me and my buddy were sneaking out to go have a burger because it was long over at that point. Really a bad game. <laughs> for a the real Steel- bad game. For the Steelers, for sure. For the Chiefs, for us, to go up there, tailgate with our friends, go in, party, watch our team destroy the Steelers, that's great. Mike Tomlin says now that he's got a new concept. Well, he better if he wants to have any chance again. Yeah, the question is, why are you making your new concepts now? Your team was <laughs> on the border of not making the playoffs, kind of squ- squeezed in when the game between the Chargers and Raiders did not end up in a tie like it almost did. But over and above that, he, yeah, this is Coach Tomlin. This is nothing more than a ploy. I'm make some changes in concept, not in personnel, but in way they, in the way they defense the Chiefs. Well, <laughs> where were your changes the day after Christmas when <laughs> Pittsburgh didn't even bother to show up? 36 to 10, the Chiefs beat him and beat him like a drum. It really wasn't, wasn't even close. And uh, yet now you're coming up with a new plan. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. There's no way that Pittsburgh even comes close. It's, to the, it's a personnel thing. I mean, you can have concepts and change all you want, but it's it's a personnel issue. Well, this it, is not the same Pittsburgh Steelers no, and that, your grandfather's no. day when they were really tough, really hardcore on defense. This is an altogether different team, and in all honesty, not a very good one. No, and again, like I said, it comes back to personnel and uh, the fact that they're um, quarterback is obviously on his last year says a lot so we'll see what happens obviously you never know it's a football game anything can happen <laughs> but uh, I'm interested to see what uh, Coach Tomlin's new concept is it's uh, probably going to be putting a lot of pressure on Mahomes yeah but and what Patrick do Mahomes doesn't even doesn't even isn't phased by something like that he is so quick and able to uh, Ride the block. His offensive line has been very good, forming a pocket. And when the pocket does break down, he's good enough to get out of it. So, no, that won't work. No, it'll be interesting, though, and uh, another late Sunday night for all of us. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, um, there are a lot of uh, vacant coaching jobs in the NFL, as there usually are at this time of the year. Um, Eventually, Eric Bieniemy is not going to be a chief anymore. I... Really, I know it'd be awful for him to go into the same uh, division, but him going back to Denver might not be crazy. Well, he is considered to be the front runner for the Minnesota Vikings. Really? That's NFC, and that's obviously not the same division or the same conference. That would be a very good fit for him, but you're right. His time has come. It probably came last time that there were a number of coaching vacancies. Eric Bieniemy's a sharp guy, very good offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. Uh, would he be a head coach? Well, you never know until you give it a try. I think he probably would have a, a good identification with the players. Heck, I remember him as a player at Colorado, and he was he was dynamite as a running back. Now, <laughs> those days are long gone. Take a look at him, and you see it long yeah. gone. <laughs> he's not the sleek running back, but over and above all that, he's a good coach. He uh, knows what's going on, and yes, I think probably the time has come now with all the vacancies that exist. He's probably going to get one. He of has them. to. He has to. Well, you know what? I, I I would totally rather him go to NFC, and I I hope that's what he does. Minnesota might be a bad, not bad place for them because I don't really I don't really dislike the Vikings, so I can uh, kind of follow them because I really like Coach B. So we'll see. I hope that he gets it. I really it would be sad to lose him, but he definitely deserves it. Now we are getting extremely close to the Winter Olympics. 
months, aren't we? We are indeed. It's uh, less than a month away. It'll begin in Beijing. We've already had the qualifying events here, the speed skating and the figure skating, which is really one of the big deals in the Winter Olympics. Matter of fact, the last time we had the Winter Olympics when I was still with KY3, the demographics were such that figure skating was the big deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody watched it because it's, it's kind of ubiquitous in a way. It's, there's, it's ongoing with a long program and the short program and the individual program and all that sort of thing. So it is, it, it's really the, it covers the entire span of the Olympics from, uh, February, in this case, February 4th to the 20th. But it also involves both genders, yeah. men and women, especially women. They love to watch the, uh, the figure skating. So that is a big deal. That's already been going on. The hockey team will be, it's kind of a, an amalgam. It's made up because the NHL players are not allowed to play. And there's some NHL players, especially from the, uh, near the eastern countries of Bulgaria and Yugoslavia and Russia and places like that who do want to play. But the NHL says no. And the NHL Players Association has said no. So this will be a team, allegedly, of uh, high-level minor leaguers and some amateurs. But nonetheless, there will be hockey there. It's it's the Winter Games, which is, in all honesty, Mike, not indigenous to this country as much as the Summer Games are. But nonetheless, it is the Olympics, and it is Beijing. It'll be interesting, and uh, hopefully we can have a miracle on ice, my man. Never know what might happen. Uh, I'm I'm really anxious from a political standpoint to see how the Chinese government and the natives of China, the citizens of China, treat all the foreign countries coming in there for this competition. Hopefully baseball can get off their ass now that the holidays are over and start talking and get this thing done so we don't miss any of our season. What do you think? Well, they do start talking. They'll be starting the talks tomorrow. They will be done on a Zoom or a video presentation, but the owners have apparently come up with a new plan, and the players will absorb this. It'll probably take them about six and a half or seven minutes to absorb it and then say, oh, this is totally unacceptable. We can't get it. We're not making any progress, blah, blah, blah. And the owners will come back and say, we gave them their best. There's just no – if there's – Greedy enough not to accept it, blah, 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 the way it always has been. The way it, it'll be a negative, uh, uh, the sides will be bickering with each other and talking. But the real story is what goes on behind closed doors. These guys have got to be understanding of the fact that they cannot afford to shut this game down. Because I promise you, if they do, whereas in the past fans have come back We're at the point now in our society where they're not going to come back. There are other things to do, and no one needs to be concerned over a situation that is regarded as entertainment, and that's what it is. We talk about it as a profession, and we follow the teams day by day. That's what we do. But the most, the general percentage and ratio of the public says, it's good entertainment, let's go to the game, or something like that. Are they passionate? No. Is it gone? Hey, tough luck, we'll find something else. Baseball better realize this. Yeah, and it's it's definitely after the pandemic and not having butts in the seats that season, the owners have already taken a hit. They have to be looking at the bottom line, and if they're looking at their future, they don't have any if they don't make a deal with these And guys. neither do the players. Yeah, same, same difference. So, yeah, you, you're not going to get paid millions to play a game, and you're not going to get billions to have a plot of land where everyone wants to come watch the game. <laughs> um, isn't that crazy? 
So, uh, you know, it was a it was a tough weekend for the Bears. Um, even though you know had some had some pretty good performances, uh, you still want to get that dub. You think uh, they're going to be able to get that dub tonight? Not easily, but I do think they will. The Bears are playing an old rival, Southern Illinois, tonight from Carbondale, and the Salukis come over here and they're undefeated in the conference. They're two and zero, and they play well. They're nine and five overall. They do have. A very, very fine player on their team named Marcus Demansk, who is a good scorer. Now, Demansk will be the focal point of the Bears' defense tonight. That's just it. So was A.J. Green of Northern Iowa, the focal point of the Bears' defense, and he lit him up for 33 points on Saturday. Fortunately for the Bears, they had 43 from Isaiah Mosley, but not enough to win the game. Defense is going to win for you. Yes, putting the ball in the basket is the key, putting the points on the board, and we'll find out a little bit later on uh, how some of the teams did not do that last night. But you have to stop the other teams, and I think Dana Ford and his staff realize this, so do the Bears. And they'll have to meet the challenge of Demansk and a, a, a good Southern Illinois team tonight. Be a 7 o'clock game at JQH, and it's a biggie because the Bears have lost twice in the conference now, one of them at home. Yeah, and you don't, those those are going to hurt you big time at the end of the season if you want to have any kind of postseason. Well, maybe they should start playing more like Bears if they're working on defense. <laughs> uh, you like that? Um, you know, it's been kind of interesting to watch what's been going down under uh, these last few days uh, uh, in regards to tennis. Uh, most recently, did you see that? Uh, uh, those news anchors that had their mics on and they were talking about him, saying how arrogant he was, and they just they were live or something, and they put it online. It's just become this huge soap opera of of really. I mean, if if he followed the rules and did what you said, I don't know what the problem is, but it's always now it not just in the United States; it's worldwide politics. It's the problem baby. of how we live these days. Is there anything that's black and white? Not that anymore. It's right man. or yeah. wrong. Look, look, the guy was wrong. He, he came to the country without the proper credentials. He wasn't vaccinated. And now they've gone all through the courts. I'm, he's probably going to get to play. Think about it is. Uh, Djokovic, this is Novak Djokovic we're talking about, and he is the number one player in the world, defending champion of the Australian Open, which begins next week on February, or January 17th down at Melbourne. And he's the odds-on favorite to win it all if he plays. And right now, it looks as though he may play. Because the courts have re- reinstated his visa, the government has said, no, he's not going to play. <laughs> Tennis apparently is bigger than the government down there. Because it looks at he's had secret workouts. The reception from the public is not cool. It is cold. Oh, big time. I mean, he's violated the rules. The rules of entering the country are you have to be vaccinated and show proof of it. Well, he can't. He wasn't vaccinated. He said he had COVID, which makes him immune, but that isn't vaccination. That's not a a point of tangible proof. All right. He's apparently going to, because he is the top player, and I can see what's going to happen now. Now, Novak Djokovic has a very short fuse. We've seen that in big-time competition. He hit an official a couple of years ago with a tennis ball. He hit a tennis ball in anger and hit the official on the side, and he was disqualified right at that point. He's done that before. How he reacts to, if he does play, how he reacts to 
a negative reception from the crowds, and it will be negative. How he reacts to that is going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. But a guy like him doesn't have to worry about McDonald going to McDonald's and dealing with the everyday guy right next to him. He he's on a whole other plane than we are. It's just what happens when the fans are in the stands booing him. Uh, so who knows? We'll see. Um, it, it's definitely, like I said at the beginning, been very much a soap opera, Ned, and I'm glad I am working during daytime television. Mike, isn't this whole episode we're going through a soap opera? It feels like that's uh, life, right? <laughs> what is that? Art imitates life? Life imitates art? I don't know. Ned, you have a great Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow, man.